0: The His Girl Friday podcast is brought to you in part by Messenger Fellowship, living the kingdom, fulfilling the call, proclaiming the truth. Good evening everyone. This is Cameron Fry with His Girl Friday coming at you. 8.45 a Wednesday night. Sun is still out, or rather it's still light outside, so summer's still in full swing. The dog day is upon us. Hope you all had a great 4th of July week. certainly was refreshing and resetting uh, for me and the fam as we were able to enjoy two weekends in one, Thursday to Sunday, and get away for one of those days and just have a good time uh, in fellowship with one another um, in just a different kind of way. Uh, So it's good to be... Recording this, this is going to be an exclusive pod, uh, tonight's content, that is, uh, usually I will cut a pod and then write, uh, a post to go with it or write the post to the pod later, but this is going to be something that, uh, I don't write about because it, quite frankly, would take too long, um, both the duration and in word count, and I, I know the word count's been up there in in recent posts, so I'm just going to want to speak straight to the heart and kind of, uh, touch, you know, these, these one-off pods, they're going to touch, uh, some random categories uh some unique content it may not be in the 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 main vein you, you know as far as the rest of the recent his Friday content is concerned and by in that in this case I'm talking about uh seeing work as worship that's where I've been the past couple of weeks I'm, I'm currently writing content on that subject so two Different tracks going on. That's the written track, and tonight I'm going to talk about a dream I had last night. So it's a little bit of storytelling, it's going to involve some testimony. I'm sure you guys don't mind, it's not going to be an entire testimony, um, but I want to talk about at least summarize my dream and then bring it back into this point of um, mass application. And and, because I know a lot of you out there, you know, the Lord has spoken to you in dreams before or has gotten your attention through dreams before, it may not be the primary way He communicates, but. What do we do when we have this dream that kind of feels like pizza, but it just resonates and you just can't shake it because it was so clear in the moment and it remains clear. It's like, is there something I'm supposed to get before I just, you know, right-click this in my mind and, and drag it to the trash can? So I'm going to go back in time a little bit. Uh, Twelve years ago, I was a junior at Lee University. I did three uh, schools in five years. was kind of a vagabond. Started at Belmont, finished in Lee, did one year in the middle at South Alabama, which was a very important year. I'll come back to that Uh, maybe at a later time, but um, all you need to know as far as, you know, how I would describe those five years, it was increasingly difficult. Uh, You know, I started at Belmont as a freshman thinking I knew what I wanted to do, and each year I felt like the road got more broad and more ambiguous and south alabama was different because i was out of my element um, certainly you know, working in the youth group as an intern and um, wasn't distracted you know it was a good year for my walk with the lord and, and good to as far as building character um it belts it built strength but not as much integrity because by the time i moved back home to tennessee this is december 2007 you know Back then, gap years, you know, they weren't as widely popular. They weren't as thought of. You kind of had to just get through school. I mean, the, the the guys I was getting is just you need to finish and get that degree as soon as possible. Um, so, uh, you know, a break wasn't an option. It's like, well, what am I going to do? It, it seems silly now, but... You know, I somehow ended up at Lee University because my sister was there and there was a sibling discount and it basically was going to, it was kind of like Belmont and I had, you know, I had friends at Belmont. I fit into Belmont for the most part. Go down to Lee and uh, one of the first things I do actually when I'm there, you know, I I find this gospel choir uh, on campus and there's nine different choirs at Lee University, all very popular within the local university community, but also the, the Church of God community, um, and just in Cleveland in general. I had done a gospel choir at Belmont called Kadasha, or I had been involved with. I was uh, one of the few guys, one of the few that are proud, and it was really fun. You know, we toured. We, um, we were active in our community. Um, we loved worshiping, and I thought, hey, why not? You know, Lee has their version of that. Um, so I auditioned, and I didn't really ask the Lord if it's something I should do. One of the lessons I was learning at the time uh, but maybe wasn't as mature in that area where you know for me it was like well if I get in then it, then God's then God wants me to be in it um, and in this case you know it was a very popular group uh, there are 90 seats and only 15 20 percent of those who auditioned made it and I made it and I thought right off the bat like this is something the Lord wanted me to do well that was one of the things that the Lord wanted me to learn from this. Um, the season though it's like it started with promise but it eventually it became this Jonah being thrown off the boat situation where I wasn't necessarily running from God but even in my quiet times and in my walk with him I was living independently from him my my faith was compartmentalized from all these different things and it, one of the ways it showed itself was I, I still had this bad habit of finding personal value through how others saw me my confidence uh you know my sense of likability, you know it, it tied it, it was rooted in peer acceptance and peer acceptance was so difficult to come by at CPA but I could write that off as well we grew up together and people are just going to hold those you know growing pains against you and you know people can't wait to get away from each other by the time when they graduate and go their separate ways and here it's like you get to start fresh and the new so I grabbed the bull by the horns I I plug in and I had a few contacts and um I, I dive in and, and get involved. It, it, it was—I uh, thought that Lee was going to be the best at times, and it really quickly became the worst at times because I—I I was growing up, and the Lord really wanted to do a work in me. Um, he just couldn't let me go without understanding uh, certain things, and so I really feel like Lee was an 18-month stretch of learning things the hard way, and it really went beyond 18 months. Um, as I'll explain more, but even though campus choir was only a semester long, and you know, on paper, you know, sure, it was great. You know, practice three times a week, we had chapel, uh, small group community. Um, you know, we did more engagements on the road, on tour, um, than we did on campus. So it was fun traveling with a worship band. <laughs> it, there's something cool about it. Well, really, it was just kind of this gradual decrescendo for me. Uh, it started well. People, you know, they didn't know me. You know, I, I remember just cracking jokes, having a good old time uh, at fundraisers and uh, outreaches we did. And, but behind it all, behind the engagement and, and wanting to be plugged in was someone who was really hunting, searching deeply for belonging, place, and value, um through how others received me I got away with it at Belmont but th- there was a different culture this was a culture that was just very different um, if I had to describe it and this is going to sound harsh campus choir at that time it was it was in a state of transition but it was still like this frat this fraternity that would put on a show of worship and there were some genuine people involved so hear me there's some people I I, can, I I know their names I know their faces they were on fire for God but that wasn't how I would describe the entire group because there was some just some funk in the in the culture there was something in the water if you will and I'm not just saying because I had a hard time fitting in I wasn't considered popular um, but I just say that because uh, of other things I saw going on that didn't even involve me that, that weren't personal um you know, you have these amazing concerts and altar calls, and you're praying for people, but that wasn't consistent with what went on behind the scenes. People would flip the switch, and I was one of them. You put on that show, you put on that mask, and then once you're off the clock, once, you know, you you're back on the road going back home or... To the to a restaurant, you're kind of deplugging. You're on this high, and once the high, the buzz fades. Yeah, you got your clicks and you got your gossips, and you know people are almost like looking for flaws and like looking like for the real you. But by that I mean, just are you who you think you are, who you say you are? Um, and sometimes once weaknesses take hold in people's minds, it's hard to shake that. Um, For me. I didn't give, I didn't help myself out because there was a lack of authenticity. Um, I was not living for Jesus. I was living, I wanted to please Jesus, um, but I wasn't really living for him. My my whole worldview, my framework was burdened by wanting to please everyone. And that eventually became what drove me out. I felt like I was letting all these people down. Um, And they would pull back and they would withdraw and I would try to win them over by encouraging them but there was this reciprocity attached where I would hope for something in return to feel like, you know, oh, I do belong here because this person thinks well of me. And I actually had that problem even at Belmont in South Alabama and it, it burned some bridges, honestly. The exodus out, I drove myself out of Campus square essentially. By mid-November, three months after audition. I was pretty much, my, I was checked out. remember leaving feeling like I'm making a lot of people happy doing this because to me I wasn't thinking, I wasn't being authentic. Um, I just took it as this is rejection. And I really believe still to this day that, that those feelings of rejection were valid. But I kind of fueled it. I set myself up for it. The insecurity. Just to give a uh, like a slice of, uh, like uh, I guess an example of how deep the insecurity went for me. We were on a fall tour, and we have homestays each night. And there are some people just their behavior started to change and their attitude towards me were changing on a dime. And I'm like, what did I do? I'm like, how did I what did I do to defend this person? And you know, cell phones back then you know didn't have the settings, the privacy, security locks that they do now. And so I remember someone left their phone in the bathroom, and I was just going through it, looking for my name in the text, in any text thread. I wasn't really reading them, but I was just looking for my name to see if, you know, to find evidence that people were talking bad about me behind my back. Pretty crazy. But that's how bad it got, because I was so desperate to find answers. Like, if I'm not likable, I got to know why, because that certainly would help me, right? Maybe I could then change, and then even that, the the driving force behind the change would (laughs) be erroneous because it wouldn 't be motivated um, it'd be motivated again to please people and to be in their good graces I was just i can 't words are not enough to describe the pain I was in there's the relational rejection what I looked for I had gotten the opposite and a lot of it was self inflicted but a lot of it was extra um, some of it wasn 't self inflicted so both you had, you had both things going on so I want to broaden out um, you know, because for the most part, I, I have been able to mature. But anytime there's a trigger, in just in, in the present, um, where my my sense of likability, becomes in doubt or in question, and I start to wonder why is this person's attitude changing? Why do they they seem to like me before and now they don't? Like the evidence was there before, but now it's like they could care less. You know, I don't like the vibes I'm getting. You know, as an extreme introvert. Uh, who is very observant? Um, you know, sometimes I, t- I, 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 at least think I'm a master reading body language, and there's a lot of times I read it right when most people wouldn't sense it. But then there's a lot of times I'm wrong and I read it incorrectly, and then it gets tied to this vain imagination and all this stuff. Um, speaking and sorry, I know this is kind of I'm, I'm I might seem like I'm rambling, but there's just certain things that I'm reminded to say as I the more I talk here. Um, the social media landscape during the time of campus choir myspace was still relevant there was a top 818 you could rank friends even on Facebook um, back in the air where you could throw sheep and random arbitrary objects at people you could see where you rank on people's walls you could go there and you could see how things change um, by day by week whatever and so there was a stock feel to relationships where you were wondering is the air going up with me or down with me and that radically influenced how i saw myself and how i saw people and i i'm so glad facebook got rid of it so there's a lot of lessons I, I know i'm i'm setting up context here in many words but this dream was i'm still processing it but it's the this type of dream that i had this is the third in an ongoing series and the series it, it's kind of like he she if you know that channel on youtube Hishi, how it should have ended uh, popular movies, movies that you would know of, and they provide these alternate spins um, on how it could have ended, and sometimes the endings are better than the actual endings. And in these endings, you know, um, you know the prior couple of dreams, and this one included, just you're in this landscape that's different, but one that you've seen before, maybe not necessarily one you've experienced, but one that you've had exposure to somehow, maybe 2nd like Last night, I'm, I'm in this wintry landscape, and Campus Choir had gone to West Virginia on a winter tour prior to my arrival there. And I remember seeing pictures 12 years ago through the choir historian. Um, but I'm back, you know, on the bus in this wintry landscape in the middle of nowhere, I think of West Virginia. And I'm having these deep conversations with people, and we're just, like, we're talking, like, we're young in the dream, but we're, the maturity level is of um, more in, indicative of where we're at now, like, man— you know, I really, I've had the this wrong attitude towards you and I've been responding well and I I, I haven't been straightforward, I've been honest and there's just this culture of transparency and we're repenting and, it, and it's kind of being exchanged like, you know, like this tennis match of all, like going back and forth and we're just pouring out, um, we're, we're saying what needs to be said and I, I know it, you know, it's a dream and it didn't really happen but You wake up and you feel encouraged, even though it didn't happen. You just feel like, man, I think God is, you know, well, at first you think, man, my mind is really trying to heal and repair itself. And then you realize God's involved because he created our minds and our subconscious and our conscious, uh, the synapses and all points in between our wirings. He's the maker of all that. So you can't say God's not involved in dreams like that. But going back to uh, kind of zooming out and how does, uh, how do we know if a dream is from God? A lot of times it will come with a supernatural sign, and other times it will feel like part of an ongoing conversation. Other times it will just uh, contain divine wisdom. Um, is it something that God would say? Is it something Jesus would say? The message of a God dream always reflects God's nature and heart as revealed in Christ. And it, there comes with it this peace and understanding, which is something that I felt today as I drove to work the the words and the sentences the sentiments i was getting back from these campus choir people these are are things that i i know jesus would tell me like i'm forgiven you know and it's, it's more in the form of you know hey no problem man we were we all made we all make mistakes you know i certainly made my fair share it's it's water under the bridge there's no worries anymore like you know that was then this is a new day you know stuff like that you know or just like i understand I understand now like I didn't understand then maybe what you were battling behind the scenes but I I realize things now you know and again going back to that that transparency being an avenue for uh, humility um, a lot of my dreams don't have the supernatural sign um, you know like Jeremiah experienced uh, chapter 33 I believe and John 6 um, you know you have Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit of Helping us, speaking of things to come, and you know Acts eight and ten with Philip and Peter having their respective. It says Daniel and his dream interpretations. Um, a lot of times when we have prophetic dreams or dreams from the Lord, it's part of an ongoing conversation. I think it's that second point, that second tip that really stands out to me, and I've latched on. You know, what has God been trying to speak to me lately? What prayers have I been praying? What, how has what? How, how are the things that God is speaking to me now tied to the current struggles and the narrative of um, what I'm battling and testing behind the scenes that only God sees? I don't feel like the timing of this dream was by mistake. It's the third dream I've had like this that involved campus choir and people and having this conversation where we're um, being real and authentic with one another and um, we're owning things and we're we're establishing this new era in our walk with one another and you know we're brothers in Christ again like we're living like brothers in Christ it's amazing Um, and I've had that with past relationships romantic relationships even where the bridge this day is still one that's burned and I don't have the guarantee that reconciliation is going to come at least with the person but you can make peace doesn't mean that peace is impossible uh, with you and God And again, the lessons that you learn, um, there's there's a power to that. that It becomes part of your testimony. It's meant to be shared. Um, So don't sleep on your dreams. All all that, you know, to say, don't take for granted how God is trying to speak through your subconscious and how He's trying to impart um, divine discernment uh, as He imparts new angles of His nature through a familiar message. if you wake up and you feel like you had this random dream out of nowhere, but it's clear, write it down. It's, for this dream, it's it's going to be clear for a while. I mean, I'm cutting a pot on it, so it tells you. You know, I think that's one of the evidences, the signs that you've had this dream is that it doesn't get hazy right away, but that God wants it to linger, refresh your mind so that you remember it, and giving you an opportunity to mark it down, to record it. I'm also reminded of Psalm 127, too. Let me uh, pull it up here, but... Um, I just love that God cares about every facet of our being. Um, a lot of times we talk about rest, at least a lot of bents uh, out there, a lot of contents talking about how to find rest when you're on the go, when you're at work, when you're active, when you feel burdened by so many different things during the conscious part of your day. But when we think of rest, it's like, oh, duh, you know, when we're asleep. Yeah, of course there's rest going on, but there's more than just the bodily recharge element to rest you know um, so i got it pulled up now England, english standard it is a vein that you rise up early and go late to rest eating the bread of anxious toil but he gives for he gives to his beloved sleep and when i first read that i read sleep as sheep so i'm i'm <laughs> i read as for he gives to his beloved sheep you can tell that you know that dreams were still in my mind but god cares so much um, to speak to us at any point. Sometimes we have a hard time receiving during the day. Well, guess what? It's, it's, it's open season at night. And that's in so why it's so important to go to bed um, in a place of prayer. Uh, you know, we surrender our angers and our resentments and our frustrations. We, you know, if there's sins to repent of, like we set ourselves up. We don't just rely, oh, it's mercy new every morning. That's true. But sometimes we will let that be the reason why we just go to bed whenever we feel like it we wind down on our own terms i'm not saying you have to have quiet time you have to read the bible as the last thing you do but a lot of times we we go to bed discouraged Um, we don't surrender those discouragements Um, and yesterday last night i will say that i was fighting i went out for a workout and i was really ticked um this this moment this incident where i was just comparing myself to someone else and they were getting all this love and attention and, and affection and it's like Man, it would be so nice to be in that. You know, it's not. I'm not saying the the guy getting it is not deserving of it, but I don't know what I have to do sometimes to be loved this way. And it's just like, oh man, is this not like a the 2019 version of what I was struggling back in 2007? And so it's like, oh man, yeah, it is. All the more reason, though, to believe that I can do this because of what God was trying to teach me then. And 12 years later, you know, there's going to be these moments, these hiccups, you know, that that come up just through daily living. But if we can contest that with our daily abiding in Christ, you know, we can war successfully in the moment and that's what was going on. So it wasn't certainly a a pure win, but it was a net win uh, heading in. And so I feel like the foundation was set for this dream that I had. And uh, I'm really glad I had it. Um, Even though it's not how things happened uh, or went down in reality Uh, the fact that God is trying to get my attention and, in part, rest while I'm asleep, but it's like rest for every part of my life going forward. Um, So there's still, you know, if I'm not careful, I could still be frustrated that I went through Campus Choir and Lee University at large, and just, you know, next time I'll talk about how... um, you know, the pain coming out of Campus Choir set the stage for me to want to find meaning and belonging in personal uh, romantic relationships as opposed to groups um, and more like networks, I suppose. Um, yeah, but that's another story for another day. Um, the, I just say that because what happened in the fall of 2007 at Lee University for me, it, it goes beyond that time. There was a ripple effect that had some really tough consequences. The 2007 to 2011 was really the hardest four-year stretch of my entire life. I refer to them as my dark ages. We all have them, but just know that the Lord wants to have this ongoing conversation with you, and dreams may be part of the the platform or the the pathway. Um, he seeks to walk with you on uh, in terms of just getting your attention and keeping things fresh like keep going down this road where you're um, not afraid to be repetitious in your forgiving of yourself and of other people Um, let this dream be a marker Uh, be a reminder um, to keep doing what you've been doing and to go deeper at it and to declare victory and declare um the identity in Christ that you speak of yourself, speak it over them. People you haven't talked to in over a decade, You know, don't feel silly for praying for them. They don't have to know that you're doing it after all. And don't just do it because you want to find peace within yourself, rest within yourself. Let God give. Let receive from the Lord what He wants to give to you. Um, don't strive in your own strength to make rest and peace happen. I mean, whatever it meant to be an overflow, let it be an overflow. What's meant to be a a pursuit, let it be a pursuit. Getting straight with God at the end of each day is important. Um, So don't undermine the significance of that. Because God, He is Lord and He is Master. He is are all in all at every point during the day, even when we're asleep and when we're in dream mode. Anywho, I'm going to bring this in for a landing here. Uh, Thank you for listening. Um, Again, just a quick recap of those points. Um, If you feel like you've had a God dream, it usually comes with a supernatural sign or there's some supernatural element. It's part of an ongoing conversation. It's not just one mode of communication, but it's more in context of uh, your ongoing relationship with the Lord. Um, And... It ties to those questions of what has God been speaking to me about lately? Uh, and then others, it, it contains divine wisdom. It doesn't have to be just one of these, it could be two or, or three uh, of the three here. But um, maybe there's some other ways you think that uh, God speaks to us uh, in our sleep, or looking to extend the, the, the nature of a particular message um, as it's jumbled up in the imagery of all our different dreams are going on. Um, Maybe you have your own story um, that's ringing in your spirit right now. If so, feel free to, you know, to contact me or list directly when you have uh, a free moment. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. If you have other comments that you don't mind sharing, feel free to um, you know, type them in the comment box below. If not, we pray blessing and favor and grace on your week as you go out and you seek to live like Christ, to know Christ more. And to be love as he is love um, as as part of your daily influence package on, on those around you. So we're rooting for you. You have this. And like I always say, we'll catch you on the fry. Peace.